There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, shit. <gasps> that's water. That's water. There's a fish there. No, it's not. Yes. Okay. I don't know if you know, but water is living <laughs> fish. Waters, you shut your fucking mouth. Don't, nope, nope, nope. You don't get to come at me about where fish live when you're talking about where waters live. They're lovely. Hello, hello. How goes it? Um, it was better before when I was fully clothed, and now here we are. How goes it for you? Just gonna leave that hanging. I mean, I should at least wait until we talk about what we're drinking. <laughs> All right, that's a deal. I am good, just exhausted. <gasps> Why are you exhausted? Oh, wait, Moose got up early. I remember this. He was up at four thirty today and yesterday for. No goddamn reason. He is a sleep terrorist. Mm -hmm. He is. It's my least favorite quality of his. (laughs) Same. Same. More than (laughs) anybody will ever know. (laughs) He's so perfect in every other way except this. I walked in and I was like, what are you doing up, buddy? He's like, watch Blippi, which is a super annoying fucking show. (laughs) I was like, no, it is. It's. There's no birds outside. It's not even bright out. Go back to sleep. And that didn't happen. There's no birds outside. (laughs) Oh, yes. I I really thought he was going to grow out of that. I really thought he was going to like... Maybe he still will. Like, who knows? But also, like, to wake up at 4.30 and be that happy and excited and ready to take on Blippi and the day, I'm just saying, like, you might really legitimately have a fucking morning bird on your hands. Yeah, you got that from Nick. Definitely not me. I know, because then I was also thinking, I was like, that could totally play to someone's advantage. Like, he's going hunting with someone in the morning. (laughs) And then I'm thinking about it, and I was like, you're going to be sleeping in. Take him. Get up with him. (laughs) Go. Be free. Let me sleep. Hey there, dear listeners. If you're new here, I'm Allie. I'm Celeste. And we're Taboos. Welcome! We talk about taboo things that society would prefer we probably don't talk about. It's true. Along with a lot of cuss words and some beverages in hand. We're so glad you're here and we're trying to get better at talking about who the hell we are in case you are new. Because we're really bad at it otherwise. So if that whole, you know what, actually, I was listening to our Let It Bleed episode today and we fucking killed this week's intro like we we sounded like professionals we sounded like people who actually know what the fuck they're doing and I was really proud of us like the segue and the transition it was so fluid and it was just fucking amazing so uh dear listeners please know that was an accident and we're really trying to get back to that being like our normal (laughs) we were on rare form it's never gonna happen again never (laughs) 
I feel like our outro was pretty solid last week too. So I mean, really, you guys, if you want like us at our best, go check out last week's episode. But otherwise, this is what you get. Sorry. What is in that amazing can? Um, so I'm really excited about this beer. Let me show you. It's called Fluffy Unicorn just fluffy unicorn ipa it is from stillmark brewing company it is a refreshing handcrafted wisconsin ale it says a mystical experimental ipa golden in color with aromas of an east coast style ipa without the thick turbidity balanced with a multi-sweet body of a west coast style ipa without the insane bitter bite this one is brewed in wisco oh cute that they called it wisco for all the midwestern ipa lovers like us take it easy sharing our best with our friends and it's it's like really delicious it's actually really fucking good do you want to hear my story about the beer though i would love to hear your story about the beer but i have a quick question for you yeah hit me am i the only one that feels stupid when they use a word to describe a beer that i'm like i don't even fucking know what that word means not even close because turbidity i'm like uh did you just make that up like bippity boppity boo turban style like what the fuck just happened here i don't understand so no you are not stupid for that at all and some of the adjectives that they come up with to describe beers i'm like bro you did that's not even you just made up a word so that your beer could be described by a word that nobody know thank you for validating me i would now love to hear what happened yeah absolutely i'm here for it girl so um, I was trying to record our can pop for this episode because I wasn't sure if you were going to have one or not. So I was just being helpful, helpy helperton. And um, apparently my beer had been shaken at some point from the time I walked from the refrigerator to the couch. So, you know, the whole seven steps that took. And it fucking erupted. It exploded everywhere, all over everything. I am now sitting in my sports bra and underwear recording this episode with you because all of my clothes were wet and it happened seconds before you logged in. I actually thought that you saw it because when I looked up at the computer, I saw your sweet face and I knew you could see me. So I thought, honestly, maybe you had seen the explosion. I definitely got it recorded, though. Um, And yeah, I think like three quarters of my beer is now saturating my clothes. Just suck it out. I tried, actually. (laughs) And you wouldn't even believe this. The way this was, this felt so inappropriate. I definitely gave my beer head, like without question, while my beer was forming a head. So there was lots of head involved. But the way that the can had cracked, like... You guys, imagine a soda, so a shaken soda that had cracked. So the way that this happened, like the piece that broke open was the piece that's like directly in front of my fucking face. And it was like a fucking fountain, like Las Vegas in my hand. It was insane. And it was like shooting at me in like 12 different ways. The can is fucking overflowing. I am soaking and I'm like here trying to like deep throat my can It was just a whole moment and I really can't believe you didn't see it. You must have like just been seconds late. I'm sure it was a sight to see. I'm sorry I was too busy trying to fucking figure out why Zoom wouldn't let me in or let me hear you or register me as my own individual person. (laughs) You are your own individual person. Dear Zoom, please catch on. So there, there's that. What are you drinking? And did you have to give it head in order to drink it? No, I didn't. I actually know how to open cans and bottles. Mm. Thank you. I appreciate your love and support in this moment as I'm sitting here practically naked talking to you. Thank you for being so supportive. Anytime. 
I am also drinking an IPA that Nick brought home. He brought it home specifically for me to try this one because I've had it in the past and I wasn't a huge fan, but my taste buds have actually changed over the years to where I enjoy IPAs now. So this is Bell's Two Hearted. There's a fishy. Oh, cute. Fish. And let me see here. Is there a description? Tell me why that bottle looks like it was made in a Bass Pro Shop. Because there's a maybe bass on it. Because it looks like it came, you know that looks like it came off a fucking shelf at Bass Pro Shop. Don't you fucking lie to me right now. Sure. It's the camo. It's the fish. It's all of it. <laughs> Just clarifying it. That's the water. That's the fish. There's no camo in this picture. Okay. Deal. The Why does the water look green? Oh, water's not blue. Mm. Okay. Say things. Say other things. I have nothing to say to you right now. So the description for this one is, brewed with 100% Centennial hops, this Bell's American IPA is named after the majestic Two-Hearted River in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, bursting with hop aromas ranging from pine to grapefruit and perfectly balanced with a malt backbone, this beer is well-suited for adventures everywhere. I concur. It does sound really delicious. I don't taste any of those notes, but that's because I just suck at flavor profiles. (laughs) Can I tell you though, um, I actually bought this beverage intentionally, uh, the fluffy unicorn beverage, because I knew that we would be recording this episode and I thought the fluffy unicorn concept went actually really well with this topic because it's also a made up phenomenon. I love that ingenious idea. <laughs> I really, I really did. I put thought into this. I really legitimately did that. I ironically also think this two hearted ties into the episode very well because what we're about to talk about, what we're about to discuss is very two faced and they don't have their hearts in the right place. So <gasps> look at what we did being all philosophical and shit. Woo! Yes, girl. I got all excited for a second. I even did like a little booty wiggle. So dear listeners, today's topic is kind of broad and small at the same time. And I feel like I have to kind of explain myself on it. So today's topic is a smaller look at the dangers of religious broadcasting and the religious frenzy and monster that is televangelism. The reason I wanted to cover this is because there's a lot of bullshit in televangelism and there is a lot of danger that comes with the religious frenzy, like I said, that it can create. And I feel like the people that have caused damage in individuals' lives due to the personas and falseness that they create don't get hit with what they deserve. And I think we should talk about it. I agree with all of that when a bajillion fucking percent. I have like a six degrees of separation, but it's not six degrees. It's one degree from some very, very good people who are very, very wealthy, who have pretty much lost everything because they gave it to a televangelist church. And I mean, whatever the fuck, you're going to tell me what they're called, but they're fucking Mac Daddy, whatever the fuck he's called. You can already tell. You guys, this is my attitude about this whole episode. Um, So they like gave all their money to this pimp who was singing about Jesus on TV and now they have nothing. Well, that's not true. It's not that they don't have nothing, but they went from being 
incredibly fucking wealthy to being like median income family and it's that's just fucking sad to me that's so fucking sad to me and this guy the the guy who again like we're gonna talk about this i know but he has like so many criminal cases against him he's been found guilty of shit and like he just keeps resurfacing because he's a fucking cockroach and that's how i feel about this whole thing so i'm excited to learn but but honestly that's like my only experience with this is that one story Uh, and like just recognizing it's fucking trash so I'm really excited to hear what you've learned I'm really excited to actually have like a legitimate conversation about this instead of just an opinion-based conversation so yeah hit me with the hit me with the hard shit I had no idea about that and that's exactly how I feel about all of it and why I wanted to cover it so that inside perspective is super interesting to me like spot on thank you yeah it really is and I think that's the other part of it that people just really don't understand understand is like okay I'm confident we're gonna get into this but you guys we're starting a religious episode so let us say Allie and I are not religious people all right we respect everybody in their faith we respect anybody who believes in anything however we have an issue with the way that organized religion works outside of an individualistic perspective. We struggle with the concept of a religion as a business or as like we said an organization. So this is that. That's part one. The other thing is people don't understand like churches don't need your money. They don't need your money. They don't, you please hear me say that, they don't need your money. Churches are tax-free. They basically have their property for free. Like Everything about a church is supposed to be considered under a nonprofit. So they don't need your fucking money. There's nothing that they can't write off in taxes. So for churches, I keep wanting to say banks, which I would actually rather talk about, to be honest. Churches, when you spend thousands upon thousands of dollars for the church, you're really just feeding the monster. You're really pissing away your money. And specifically with televangelism, the people they hit, the amount of money they fucking take, it's insane. It's insane. It's insane. Oh my God. So I think that people just really don't understand the volume of money we're talking about people missing, people's lives being ruined by these fucking con artists. Like, I just have so many feelings about it, and I'm excited to get into it with you. Yeah, I agree. I think that the guilt complex behind tithe is absolute bullshit, but that's not really something we're going to dive into here specifically. Well, I appreciate knowing that, though, and I'm glad that I said it because I think it's important that people really hear me say, faith should never cost you anything, ever. Spot on. If, If you have to pay, thank you. If you have to pay for a faith or a belief or anything, then that shit's not real. I mean, I'm not saying it's not real to you. I'm saying it's not, it's a scam at that point. Like, I have practiced Reiki. I'm actually certified in Reiki 1, and I really want us to have an episode on Reiki. There's a difference between the certification that I've taken and other certifications that are taken, and it's like all three or even two different levels of Reiki training in like one day. That's not how it works. That's a fucking scam. This is a practice and a healing technique that needs time to mature. Your body has to detox. There's all kinds of shit to it. And the reason that I wanted to take it away from from televangelism for a second and bring it to a place of Reiki is because not only can I relate to that, but also most people think that Reiki is fake 
or made up or whatever, which is totally cool. Like believe what you believe. But I can tell you in my experience, this faith means something to me. This practice means something to me. And although I had to pay for the certification, I don't have to pay to use the knowledge that I have gained. I don't have to pay to practice my craft. I don't have to pay anybody to tell me that I'm on the right journey or not. I don't have to pay to confess to someone. Like those things just, you guys, faith just doesn't work like that. All of those things. I'm sorry I ranted. I usually rant later. I will <laughs> I will give you the floor now. I love you. I'm sorry. We're just preloading our rants. Or front loading. We're loading rants. Loading. There's just so many words there that we're loading. <laughs> Here we go. So I have a question for you. Ready. Do you know what evangelism is insofar as the sort of belief that it is and how it's a little bit different from, for instance, Catholicism? Isn't it? Isn't evangelism a very Southern thing? Not necessarily. Okay, then no, I don't. I really, truly thought that this was, um, I'm going to say the wrong words and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but like tent churches, like the, like traveling sideshows, but churches. I always thought that that was televangelism or excuse me, evangelism. Um, I'm not sure what you're talking about, so I'm just going to explain. Please do. So essentially evangelism is the belief that the Bible is word and that they've been born again through Jesus. I don't mean born again through baptism or anything like that. They sincerely believe that through Jesus they are born again and through faith you go to heaven. Whereas this is really really minimizing and like not doing justice to any of these religions but for instance in Catholicism yes Jesus saves you but you also have to live a good life evangelism from my understanding it's really just jesus has saved us if you exist like you're good to go from my understanding and they take the bible at its word like the flood happened god created the world in seven days it's a literal interpretation i would just like to point out if god created the world in seven days that bitch is a fucking badass woman nice shout out to alanis morissette i'm just saying so my sources for this were medium.com, religiononline.org, which featured a paper called The Unknown History of Televangelism by Willen F. Foray, or Four. I am actually going to put that in our show notes because it's like six to eight pages and it was such a good paper. I was absolutely mind blown by it. Fantastic. And then the last one was daily.jstor.org. I think it's like another paper kind of deal. I don't know. Okay, I hear you. So before we start, I wanted to give a shout out to sociologist Jeffrey K. Haddon, who created a paper or wrote a paper in 1992 arguing what televangelist owed their success to. I didn't read his paper, but from what I could tell, a lot of what I was reading was um, what sort of influenced by his paper. So just wanted to give him a shout out. Shout out to 1992 as well. Hey. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of history here. So we're going to like super history, bro? Absolutely not. <laughs> Televangelism's roots comes from the arrival of the household radio in the 1920s. The first U.S. radio stations included religious programming. One person, unfortunately, that gained notoriety in this time frame was Catholic priest Father Charles E. Coffin, Coughlin? Something like that. We're going to go with Coffin because it seems more appropriate. Who was essentially an racist asshole that used his pulpit to spew his political rants and covered them in the guise of being related to faith. Fuck racists and double fuck racists who use some sort of religion to mask their fucking racism. Y'all can go fuck yourselves. 
hard. Thank you. Have a great day. In 1934, the U.S. Congress passed the Communications Act, which granted the Federal Communication Commission to grant, or FCC, shout out to Eminem. Hey, some shady. Love of my life. Can I tell you I've had a crush on him since I was like eight? Yes, it's true. So they granted the FCC commission to grant broadcasting license. Because radio was a scarce national commodity, it couldn't be owned by any one person or corporation, but rather licensed for a specific amount of time. This is essentially a monopoly, and in turn, for the monopoly, the station is expected to broadcast in the public interest, air quotes. I think that's really interesting because I think about the time in our country when, like, solo radio stations basically producing companies, like, music labels were the same thing as as radio stations because there were so few ways and so few resources for artists to record their shit that they would actually go to a radio station you would do a live rendition of your song for the radio person and if it was a success they would have like they would like publish the recording if it wasn't they wouldn't and i just think that that's really interesting that like that place is also sort of where this started i just i i think that that's so interesting in such a really fucked up way yeah that kind of ties into it really well because it wasn't a pay-to-play thing at that time it was treated as a commodity and therefore the radio stations had to figure out well i should say the radio networks had to figure out what the fuck they were going to do and how they were going to achieve this with so many religious programs fighting for time yeah interesting i'm really fucking excited to hear about this so a lot of small radio networks didn't want to run the evangelic shows due to the headaches and backlash that sometimes came with it because of occasional extremist views. Shout out to extremists. Instead, the largest represented religious bodies were given the free time. These were the National Counts of Catholic Bishops, the Federal Council of Churches, which was Protestant, and a coalition of three national Jewish organizations. So those three groups were given the biggest amount of airtime, and that actually transferred over to TV as well when TV came to play. That's fascinating. And okay, here's the call out that I want to make. I really appreciate the diversity in that conversation, right? Those are three very different types of religion. Like we can, we can say that. I think that that's really interesting that considering the monopoly that was already developing at that time, that the diversity was so present. I think that's actually really, really cool. I hate everything else about what you said, though. So please continue. I'm listening. That was just the one part of that that I really enjoyed. So because these three religions were given the biggest amount of airtime, it prompted the National Association of Evangelics to create the National Religious Broadcasters in 1944, which pushed for more radio time for its members. So only evangelicals got more radio time. Yep, that's what they were going for. Okay. Did, were they successful in that? Mm, you will find out. Oh, the suspense. So the government didn't expect the radio to be used in a manner to distribute messages like this, like hate-filled, sometimes anti-government. Radio broadcasters were able to project partisan messages due to lack of oversight from the government, essentially. And they also gained, like, radio or religious broadcasting also gained massive followings throughout radio. And by World War II, religious broadcasts were solidly a part of popular culture. Oh my god, that's so horrifying to think about. Holy shit. Could you imagine, really, seriously, if Hitler had broadcasted his belief system over the radio, could you imagine, just like really just for one second, 
pretend there's a glitch in the matrix and go here with me. Could you imagine how the outcome of that might have been different had Hitler known about this avenue and projected or or utilized that to get beyond Germany? Like, how crazy would that have been? How, how insane? Oh my god. But then also I think about like, remember four months ago when Trump was in office? Yep. So there's that. <laughs> and then I got really sad. <laughs> to that point, they did use the radio to spew Nazi propaganda. I was a huge proponent of how he was able to gain the following of so many people, aside from like a million other things as well. I don't really know how radio, I mean, international radio probably wasn't a thing until much later. So, And I guess that's the piece that I was looking at. I do know that Nazi propaganda was all over the radio. That That's not the piece that I'm like, oh my God, could you imagine? Could you imagine though, like if Sirius XM radio existed at that time and at any point I could just hop in the car and like turn on Hitler and be like, yeah, let's listen to this today. I'm just saying, given what we know about our country and the racism and bigotry that is so deeply rooted where we are, I just can't imagine if if someone like Hitler had been able to reach us as a country and what that would have done to its people. And I couldn't imagine that actually prior to the election. Someone else? Yeah, I follow what you mean now. Thank you for following what I mean. So, in the 1960s, the FCC released radio and television stations from the requirements that it treats airtime as a public service. So, instead of giving it away, it became commercialized. And guess who had the money to buy religious broadcasting? Televangelists. At this time, just called evangelicals. Oh, that's right, because there's no TV. That's the tele part of the televangelists. I'm just going to continue to say that, though. So, y'all, please excuse my ignorance and stupidity, but I'm not going to remember the other word, even though it's a shorter version of the word I'm saying. Just just love me. Just love me. That's all you got to do. Shh, shh. Let's keep going. So, this statistic blew my mind. Just before this change took effect, only 53% of all religious broadcasting was through paid time. But by 1977, it had risen to 92%. Holy fucksicles. That is such a drastic increase. Holy ballsack. Oh my god. I can't believe that. That's actually really cool that technology had grown that much and became that popular so quickly like that's dope and also that's really fucking scary Mm -hmm. so regan did something super helpful for the insanity that is media nowadays he essentially deregulated the fcc to the point where they basically had no control he hamstringed them so they had no i'm sorry he what he did what to them hamstringed that's not a verb it is now no yep i can't even (laughs) he crushed them with his ash cheeks like what does that even mean he hamstringed them Allie, stop this what are you saying to me it's like you're trying to speak to me i know it i'm googling this Hey, guess what's a fucking verb? Hamstringed. Is it? Is it a verb? Is it a verb? Tell me. Hamstringing is a method of crippling a person or animal so they cannot walk properly by severing the hamstring tendons in the thigh of the individual. You want to 
You want to say anything about your comments? <laughs> no, my comments were my comments were all perfectly placed and wonderful. <laughs> okay, so now now we know we all learned something here today. <laughs> So Regan deregulated the FCC. With with his hamstrings. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he never skipped leg day. He actually installed a chairman who publicly proclaimed that, quote, television is no different from a toaster. To him, the TV was just another appliance. That is fantastic considering where is radio now? And I'm I, that sounds really ironic and terrible because we are a podcast, but that's also a testament. We're a podcast. We're not on a radio. Seriously, where is radio now? NPR is like dying. It's not even funny. Well, what he meant to that is that television will have no impact on people's daily lives. It has no additional importance outside of what your refrigerator or your toaster could do. They didn't take into account how impactful broadcasting is. Oh, you mean, okay, 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 okay. I understand what you're saying now. And although my statements were correct, I was not speaking in the same context that you were. So thank you for allowing me to have my moment of thought exploration, but also redirecting so that I was understanding. He was basically saying like, this is just another appliance in your house. Like it has a function, but it's not a big deal. Yep. And I did not understand that that's what you meant. So I appreciate the redirect and thank you. But yes, how interesting that, how interesting to think about your TV just being an appliance, no different than your toaster. Like, yeah, I use it sometimes, but I don't eat toast every day. Like, who has time for that shit? And also, that's a lot of carbs. And TV is like the same thought. So yeah, I'm totally with you. And it really interesting that people underestimated broadcasting to that degree. I can't believe they were so far off the ball. So far. People are really like begging to be molded and not think for themselves. So that's fascinating that people really underestimated that. Mm -hmm. So pretty much everything became commercialized and large corporations were able to buy up all the networks. Televangelists were in this hungry, hungry hippo frenzy. Hungry, hungry hippo. Once the television became a staple in the common household, evangelists adapted to that media delivery system. They asked their listeners and audience members for donations to help fund airtime. They would play on spiritual guilt and persuasion to help obtain the funds. They needed these donations for airtime or they wouldn't survive. If you want to help Christ's message grow, fund our show. And of course, this was all tax-free due to being a religious organization. That's the thing that pisses me off the most about all this. All this! It doesn't matter what religion we're talking about. Like I said before... If there's ever a religion that asks you for money, even in a donation capacity, because they have to ask for it as a donation because they're a nonprofit organization and it gets taxed differently. They can't ask you to pay for anything. They can't ask you to be a member. They can't ask you to be a fucking anything. Like you are allowed to be there and practice, right? As long as you're not hurting anybody and you're following the rules and whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck. But money, money is never a question that comes into play with any sort of authentic belief system. And you never have to pay to worship shit, okay? Literally. When you pay to worship something, you are paying to worship shit. You might as well pop a squat on the fucking porcelain throne and dump one. 
and then pay yourself for that because it's basically the same experience. You are being scammed. It is a ripoff. They are fucking you. They're pocketing your money. They're not using it for what they're saying they're using it for. Do you know why? Because they don't have to pay for anything. They do not have to pay for anything. What could they possibly need with your money that you don't? If you can answer that question for me, I will support you paying them. But until you can do that, no. I will call you out on that stupidity every single fucking time. You're wasting your hard-earned money, and it is infuriating. Pretty soon, they started asking for donations for other reasons. Around this time in the 1960s, charismatic Christianity was on the rise. This is essentially exactly what it looks like. Grand proclamations of feeling the Holy Spirit, performing miracles, and lots of, Can you feel it, brother? It creates a sort of spiritual frenzy. This is also where the development of this word that I'm going to absolutely butcher became a like phenomenon or thing. It's called glossolalia. You just made that word up. It looks like a fucking made up word. <laughs> it came from the same place that my magical beer did. It might have. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Stillmark Brewing Company. Because what it is, is speaking in tongues, and this was made common within sermons. So I can't remember the individual that I watched that was doing this, but literally he was talking, and then he was like, and if you have stomach problems, send the money now. I was like, what the fuck is going on? That's literally what it was. Y'all gotta have more than three brain cells to see past that shit. Like, and that's not asking a lot. Find three brain cells. You've got it. It's this. I can't even believe we're having this fucking conversation. I can't. I just. Please continue. Let's fucking get this over with. With all the spiritual awakening, religious leaders were able to obtain financial donations from viewers for healing experiences that they performed. The cash was keeping the healing coming, essentially. So if you are a good person and you give this money to help serve Christ, Christ will give you wealth and health which was actually called the prosperity doctrine. Let's just sit with this for one second. You're going to pay Jesus money so he can make you wealthy? First of all, bro had sandals and a fucking toga. He had no money. He doesn't need your money, and he's not giving you money. So I just need to say that again. This also allowed for missionary trips around the world to try to convince non-Christians to let Christ into their lives. Do you know what missionary trips really are, Allie? What? Colonization. I feel so fucking strongly against religious mission fucking trips. It's actually disgusting. This is, this is a totally different episode, and I'm not going to rant on this, but I feel very strongly about the concept of mission trips. I feel very strongly about the guilt and the sense of property and debt that is owed by these countries when white people who want to save somebody, but they only want to do it in their way with their word and their God. And that's so fucking stupid. I agree. Add it to the list. Fuck Christopher Columbus and mission statements. Mission trips. Missions. <laughs> 007. Wow. <laughs> that just went somewhere I, I completely didn't expect. I, <laughs> I just, I'm so angry. And maybe I drank that one quarter of a beer way too fast. Who knows? Bond. 
James Bond. That is not the James Bond theme song. Leave me alone. What is that? I don't... <laughs> it's spy music. I don't fucking know. I've never seen the James Bond movies. I can't. They're too slow. You would know the theme song if you heard it. And what the fuck? You don't like Daniel Craig? Get out of your house. You're banned. I'm banned from my own house. Yes. It's about time. These missionary trips in turn caused televangelism to become a global sensation in both developing countries like Ghana and developed countries like England, which turned into a Christian media empire since televangelism's arrival there in the late 1980s. Fuck all of this. By the late 60s, approximately 5 million Americans watched religious TV. By the mid-80s, that number had grown to almost 25 million. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. What? There are over 25 million people who only have two brain cells? How is that possible? How, I wasn't ready for the number to be that real. That's a, that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people with only two brain cells. What the fuck? Oh my god. <laughs> they make like one brain together. I can't. I can understand watching some religious programming from like your local church. I wouldn't really consider that religious programming though. That's different. Yes. I agree with you completely, especially in the COVID environment. Okay. Like here's, here's my asterisk to this reaction in this statement. I recognize that now that we're in COVID, a lot of practices have moved to a virtual platform or some sort of other platform. I'm not knocking that, okay? I have my own feelings about that. That's separate. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm specifically talking about televangelists. I am specifically talking about this branch of religion. You guys, this is so fucked. I have seen this practice. I know this practice. I know the con artistry that this is. And it's everywhere. It's so obvious. There's, I I really, when I made the three brain cell comment, I wasn't joking. Like, if you just fucking listen, if you actually listen to what they're saying, rather than hearing what you want to hear, they're fucking lying the whole time. There's not one single fucking instance that they've ever told the truth that I've been able to identify. So, like... I'm really not being an asshole when I say the three brain cell thing. Like, only genuinely desperate people fall for this. Genuinely impressionable people who are just so far from thinking for themselves. And that doesn't mean that they're stupid. That doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them. That's not even what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a sense of being gullible. It's a sense of desperation. It's a sense of needing to belong anywhere so you are willing to settle for something that's so very clearly not authentic and people deserve better than that i think a huge part of it is vulnerability and the need to have something like to a lot of people with religious beliefs need there to be something in order to cope with the day-to-day and have understanding in the world And I think that there is a huge vulnerability in that. And I think that's what televangelists prey on. I would agree. And on that, I really appreciate that you said that because I want to be really clear. I'm not against, I think I said this before, but I have to say this again, you guys, because I need you to understand. I'm not against believing in something. I'm not against the need to 
think of things on a higher level or a bigger picture or from the place of a, a higher power. I'm not questioning that. Tiny and I, every single fucking day, we say something to our spirits and guides and we ground ourselves and we have we have a spiritual adventure together every single morning. That is something that we do and I'm very proud of and I absolutely love. And when good things happen to us, we say thank you to our spirits and guides. And when bad things happen to us, we recognize that in that moment, we made choices that our spirits and guides couldn't protect us from. I am so for there being a higher conceptualization to your day and your life and the things that happen. I believe in fate. My girl Allie here, who I met because fate was on my side, doesn't believe in fate. So there's a lot here like that I genuinely recognize people believe and is valid. That's not what I'm challenging. What I'm challenging and what I get so upset by is these fucking ass nuggets called televangelists. They know that you just want something to believe in and they're preying off of you like fucking leeches with Bibles in their little slimy fucking leech hands. Do leeches have hands? I don't even know. But if they did, that would be a televangelist. Yep, I agree. Thank you for allowing me to make that clarification too. That was really important to me. Oh yeah, definitely. And I'm the same. I don't care what anyone else believes. I don't believe in anything at all. But as long as you don't try to impress it upon me or use it for hate... If you're using it for self-fulfillment and to be happy, you do you. Yeah, as long as it isn't costing you and your children your life savings. So that giant number for religious programming, it was helped out by cable, obviously. Cable came to fruition and it became more readily available for people. Eventually, the televangelism market became flooded, which along with various sex scandals and financial scandals led to the decline of mainstream televangelism. People lost faith in the movement, so it had to adapt again. Now it's no longer a cable TV market, but more in YouTube videos, book sales, and other opportunistic areas based on popular culture trends. For instance, like everything with Trump or issues with abortion, they capitalize on items like that to grasp the attention of their audience again. I love that your examples were Trump and abortion. (laughs) Those were the ones I could think of. Funny, not funny. So they basically capitalize on the media spotlight. Which again, is just such a clear pattern of manipulation, you guys. So this is not necessarily all like evangelist or evangelic related, but today there are some 1,600 Christian radio stations on air and 250 Christian TV stations. That is so much propaganda. So that's what I had for history. That was fascinating history. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I thought it was really intriguing that essentially deregulation of broadcasting let televangelism really just steamroll everybody else. Yeah, I agree. That is fascinating. That is really, really, and just completely annihilate the competition by this rule that was put in place to allow more competition. That's crazy. Yeah, because when everything was deregulated and stations or organizations could buy up airtime, the main religions that were previously holding those three main spots couldn't compete because they couldn't raise the funds like the evangelics were. So they just basically fell to the wayside as far as this media type goes. Yeah, which is crazy. So the next portion of this is just kind of what I wanted to highlight as far as how shitty some of these individuals are. Let's hear it. I've named this 
notoriously bad televangelists, aka faith healing superstars that are still around today for some idiotic reason. <laughs> yes, girl, I am here for it. Give me all of this. So this is all from Crack.com, which I used to fucking love Crack.com back in the day. Tell me what Crack.com is. They basically do articles as like, not satire, but heavily comedic articles on serious topics like this. And there were references to like Vin Diesel within this that I didn't write down. (laughs) Just really, really funny articles about stuff that is really interesting, essentially. Okay. I'll have to check it out. So the first one I'm going to start off with is Benny Hinn. He's basically a scumbag that performed miracles for pay. You can't put a price tag on a miracle. Yep. He legit had people believing that his flying jacket could heal people if he put it on them or hit them with it. I'm sorry. What? What the fuck is a flying jacket? Like to get on an airplane, it's a jacket. It's essentially a jacket that you wear when you're on an airplane. Don't look at me like that. I have no fucking clue. Let me go get mine. It's in my closet. This is the dumbest thing you've said to me all day. And I know this isn't even your moment of stupidity, but like there weren't worse words that came out of your mouth at any point today. He called it God's jacket. Shut your fucking mouth. I'm done. I'm unplugging. We're not doing this. No. Did you miss the part where I said he hit people with it too? No, I didn't. I heard that. I'm just so digesting. I just... That's assault. That's not religion. That's assault. Put your fucking jacket on, Billy. Well, his name's Benny, but... Benny Belly? <laughs> so, I did that wrong! So I watched the video because I was like, what? I also was wondering, one, what a flying jacket was. I hate this. Just kill me. And two, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so, so I watched this video and he has this jacket off at the time and he's literally using it, not like a towel where you would snap it, but he's taking the jacket and he's going whack, whack at people like, like you were hitting, I don't even know. I don't have anything to compare it to because I have no idea. He'd whack these people who were just like lined up to take a beating (laughs) and they would fall down and I don't know, be healed or inspired by the Holy Ghost or I don't know, but whatever drugs they were on were pretty fucking awesome, apparently. I just really struggle. I imagine this fucking dude like flailing around with a fucking windbreaker in his hand and people just collapsing at his feet and I just really hate all of it so much. I hate it. It hurts my soul. And you know that windbreaker was like fucking teal blue and violet and white and it was like from Richie Rich or some shit. Oh, I'm sending you the video right now. No, you're not. I'm not going to watch it. Don't you dare send that to me. You have to. I don't want to. I can't. It will hurt me. Oh, it's called Benny Hill. I keep calling him Benny Hill. Benny Hinn and the Magic Coat. That's better than when I called him Benny Belly and you missed it. Oh, what the fuck? Shut up, Peloton. No. My favorite. No. My favorite is the part where they're all lined up like a spanking machine and he's just like whacking them as they go through. No. 
This is a bunch of grown ass men who wanted to throw themselves on top of each other in fucking khakis. This is fucking stupid. I'm pissed you made me watch this. I just sacrificed some brain cells myself. I'd say I'm sorry, but I'm not. I was laughing my ass off watching it because it was so ridiculous to me. So fucking stupid. That, you guys, don't go watch it. Don't sacrifice your brain cells. But if you be prepared. So, in addition to whacking people with his jacket, money raised for treatments for people would never make it to them and instead go straight to the church coffers. How surprising and unfortunate. Dude was actually richer than eight Pam Andersons put together. How rich was Pam Anderson? Pretty fucking rich. Interesting. All because he smashed people with his fucking jacket. Heinz Heinhen, I don't fucking know how to say his name. I didn't care enough to look it up. His own nephew describes his twisted family as a combination between the royal family and the mafia. Oh, wow. You know, that's actually not surprising to me because you'd think like... They would have to maintain the imagery of the royal family, right? To be perfect and primped and proper and this like ideological presence, right? But then you're totally right. Let's go back to, dear listeners, they're fucking con artists. And I actually have the utmost respect for the mafia, specifically the Italian mafia back in the 20s. Shout out to some family members. But like... Those people weren't honest people. Those people were not the same as the royal family, okay? So I really think that that's super accurate and really like the best description that there could be. So I actually really appreciate that he shared that and that you included that in your research. Not a problem. So I googled him, obviously to look up this jacket thing, and the first link on his page when you google him is donate now. Shut up. Fucking gross. If you need someone to slap you with a jacket, you can come to my house. I'll do it for free. Please refer back to our BDSM episode. Safe word is picnic, just so you know. So the next asshole. (laughs) The next asshole. (laughs) I can't wait to hear what he hits people with. You're going to love this name. Hit me. Crefalo Augustus Dollar Jr. It might not be real. (laughs) It didn't. No. That's not on his birth certificate. His mother didn't name him that. No. So this dude has a freaking mansion. Like, his, it, I can't even describe his property. I really have no words. Because I looked at it and I was like, nah. And the cracked, comment, the cracked comment on it was something to the effect of, oh, you're probably thinking, man, that's so sad. This property is definitely missing its airplane. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. And also so important and relevant because the victims of this type of fraud don't understand that that is where these people live. Because let me go back to, they have nothing to pay for. They're just like my counterparent. They literally have to pay for nothing. And they're fully grown adults who still live with their mommies. This is the same exact thing, except with a religion. So speaking of airplanes. Speaking of. Crayflow Augustus Dollar Jr. Do you think he invented Dollar General? Okay, I'm just thinking he threw a bunch of like rap names or something in a hat and pulled out for <laughs> Dollar Junior. <laughs> Why do I feel like that needs to be the happy meal at some fucking fast food restaurant? Like Burger King is going to come out with the Dollar Junior menu. <laughs> it's half the chicken nuggets. <laughs> oh, 
Well, like two fries with that. Also, if your religious like leader has dollar in his name, maybe you run away. That's a sign. Jesus is telling you something for sure at that point. So Junior does have a private airplane. Of course he does. It was parked at the airport further down the road. And unfortunately, it was looking a little worse for the wear. So he convinced his 200,000 followers to pony up $300 each so he could buy a new one for a cool 65 mil. My jaw, nothing. That went from so funny to not funny at all in like three words. I don't know what he used as his excuse, but I'm going to assume it went something like, to spread the word of Jesus, family. Let's go back to Jesus had a fucking pair of sandals and a toga. He did not have an airplane. You don't need one either. I just... Okay. Next, uh... Asshole doesn't... Honestly, doesn't even touch this guy. He's just evil. Okay. Evil assholes. Let's hit it. Evil assholes for 500, Allie. Kenneth Copeland and his whack job wife, Gloria. Shout out to whack job wife, Gloria. Kenneth claims to be a Christian extremist and a faith advisor to Trump. He stated that if you believe in Jesus hard enough, there's no such thing as PTSD. Um, I'm sorry. As someone who has PTSD, I would like to personally tell him to go fuck himself kindly because if me believing in Jesus could get rid of my PTSD, I would be singing hallelujah every single fucking day of my life. I would do anything to get rid of my PTSD. And that is a bold face fucking lie. PTSD is a medical and mental condition. Gloria has said about the flu season, we've got a duck season, a deer season, but we don't have a flu season. Jesus himself gave us the flu shot. He redeemed us from the curse of the flu. Oh, he gave us the flu shot, did he? Did he really do that? He put on his fucking lab coat and he analyzed some bacteria and he came up with an antibiotic for us. Did he? Really? I don't even understand what she means by that, truly. So I'm just going to move on from that insanity. She's probably smoking something pretty fucking incredible in between the fucking pages of her Bible and she's using the pages as rolling papers. That's probably how she has all this fucking wisdom. I wouldn't doubt it. They also have a private jet because according to Kenneth, you can't manage that today in this dope-filled world and get in a log tube with a bunch of demons and it's deadly. He's in there with his wife. Isn't it the same thing? Oh snap. Burn! Also, I have to say, this guy looks legitimately insane. He he looks like a caricature, or he should be a supervillain in one of the Batman comics. Like big head, little body? Like scary-ass Joker-ish kind of smile, but not like... The Joker's kind of cool. Yes, I root for the bad guy sometimes, but this guy is I just... I always root for the bad guy. This guy is just pure evil. Like, if demons were real, he is one. So I actually think that's really important to recognize, and I appreciate that we both said it. I always root for the bad guy in comic books, and most of the time, like, in especially, like, comic book-based movies, villains, you guys, I, I get off on villains, okay? I'm here for the villain. But the only reason that I appreciate villains in those stories is because they are reflective of evils that exist in our world today. And in our world, I don't want those evils. And I really genuinely recognize, especially in DC, which is better than Marvel, shout out to DC, I really recognize that a lot of the parallels between our universe and the DC universe are so dead on, okay? 
Like, that is why I prefer DC. That's a whole different conversation for a different day. But when you say that this guy is a bad guy and we say that we cheer for villains, this is not the guy that we cheer for. I'm here for Joker. I'm here for Harley. I'm here for Bane. I'm here for all kinds of fucking people, but not this guy. Oh my God, he's frightening. That interview that I just showed that picture from is insane. He's actually legitimately frightening. There is so much Botox in that face. I bet he would float. When his private jet crashes because his demonic wife causes a lightning storm, his face is going to float. So that covers them. Next up, I'm laughing at what I wrote for part of this. Next up is Jim Baker. That sounds like a normal name. He actually kind of got very minuscule amount of comeuppance. Jim was sentenced to 45 years in prison on 24 accounts of fraud and conspiracy, but he only served a few years. Why? Because our fucking legal system and justice system is fucked. Good manners, good whatever the fuck it's called. Good behavior? Thank you, that. <laughs> good, good manners. Excuse me, officer. Could I please get out of here? May I please I know have I another? have a 45-year sentence, but may I please see the light of day? Yes, sir, because you have such good manners. Let us get you out of here. That's actually exactly how I imagine this happening anyway, so it's probably not far off. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you're probably not wrong. There's probably some dick-sucking involved, but you're not wrong. Do you want to know what he's up to now? God, yes. No, but yes. Now he's back to preaching about Armageddon and selling buckets of slop for it while singing survival songs to the tune of My Girl. No, I didn't just have a seizure while singing that sentence. What are buckets of slop? So I, I looked at them. Is he serving pigs? What? What? I don't understand any of the words you just said. That's not... Is this his life now? What the fuck are you telling me? So he sells essentially doomsday prep and they're giant, like, I think the one I looked at was like a 65 gallon bucket. I could be completely wrong on the size, but it's filled with like soups and instant meals and all like the best I can describe it is if you were to make any of it, it would be slop. He made buckets of cancer and is selling them. Pretty much. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. Seems legit. So the next person up is Ernest Angley. Why are these all dudes? I mean, other than the demonic flu shot wife, but like, seriously, why are these all dudes? It was that era. Okay, you're right. That's fair. Thank you for saying that to me. So this asshole and his crew essentially guilted an old woman out of her money, promising her a ticket to heaven. She was suffering from dementia and depression, and they persuaded her to empty out her dead husband's pension to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Real. Mm-hmm. Real real that's not even no to me that is the worst of it now that i think of it but these next couple ones okay never mind it's all bad it's all bad there's no worst it's all or... bad but but i understand what you're saying i mean and maybe this isn't even where you were gonna go because you cut yourself off but like you guys they stole hundreds of thousands of dollars from this sick sweet old lady okay which is fucking terrible but do you know how many sick, sweet old ladies there are in the world? And do you know how many of them have fallen victim to this? So it's not just that they stole $100,000 from one sick old lady. They're stealing billions of dollars from sick old ladies. They're stealing so much money from people who just want something to believe in. 
if you don't understand that that is sad and disgusting and despicable, just get the fuck out of our show. Like, don't come back, please. Like, if that's confusing to you, have a great fucking life. You don't need to be here. I just have a really soft spot in my heart for old people that are in hard situations and anyone who takes advantage of anybody that is at a rough point in their lives, especially if they have dementia or Alzheimer's or anything like that, the person taking advantage needs a swift kick to the face and I will be happy to deliver that blow. I agree with you completely. And honestly, like my grandparents aren't sick. Okay. My grandparents don't have memory issues, but I know my grandma well enough to know that if somebody called her and was like, hey, Jesus needs your help and a couple thousand dollars, like my grandma's an incredibly intelligent woman, okay? And she's feisty as fuck and she's literally everything I want to be when I grow up. But my Grammy also is like incredibly gullible and she's just like, she's just pure. She's just, she's just like, a 12-year-old trapped inside of a 78-year-old woman's body. Like, she just is innocent and pure and sweet and good. And if somebody asked for help like that, she'd be all for it because it would mean something to her. It would mean that she was helping. And it would also mean, as a good Christian woman, that she's doing the Lord's work. Like, those things are the things that she would tell herself. And I swear to God, if anybody ever fucking swindled my grandma, I would abandon being a pacifist and I would fucking hunt them down. I mean that. So really, when I think about what televangelism does to people, I picture a thousand versions of my grandma. And that's where I come from with this topic. Yep. So aside from that piece... There were accusations of him groping male subordinates and widespread sexual abuse. Of course there was. He also had a weird thing about showing up to surgeries for vasectomies, post-ops, and staring at the genitalia and praying the swelling away. (laughs) Your face right now. (laughs) Just, what did you just say to me? Yeah. Don't repeat it. Don't... (laughs) So here's an additional part that I didn't put in here. He would actually convince his members to get abortions and vasectomies. And then he would be like, by the way, I'm showing up to your post-op for your vasectomy. I'll help pray away the swelling. Who let him in appointments? No one was like, bro, it's weird that you like swollen ball sacks. Like nobody said that to him. Nobody, nobody was like, no, ice is the solution. Not your hands and prayer. Like, I don't. How did he get in? How did, what? I don't like any of that. That's weird. On not even like a taboos level. That's fucking weird. Stop this. Stop it. He also thinks that believing in Jesus cures AIDS. I'm so fucking sick of people telling other people that there's a fucking religious cure to AIDS. That's so fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. And it gives people hope that isn't real and it's not fair. And AIDS is a very serious thing throughout our world. I just... That's cruel. That's cruel. That's cruel. That's cruel. So I decided to end this section on a more lighthearted piece of shit. I don't know what could be more lighthearted than swollen balls and praying away the fucking swelling alley. You really knocked it out of the park there. I don't know what could possibly be better. So Pat Robinson. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Pat Robertson. This dude is just essentially a moron. According to him, Scotland is evil. Like the land? <laughs> yeah, Scot- <laughs> Scotland's full of sinners, apparently. Shout out to CK. Sorry. We love you. It's true. We do. 
And I'm clearly a sinner, so I'm coming to Scotland. I mean, also, I did confess to CK this week that Scottish men are my type, both for the accent and the chest hair. So, I mean, if we need to go anywhere, now we know where we have to escape to. There we go. The land of Scotland is just evil. The land. The land. Just what the fuck? Yoga is also evil. Oh, yes. Yes, as it would be. Child's pose is definitely a sinful thing. Yeah. Lesbians, abortionists, and gays brought 9-11 on us. Of course they did. That is why the planes had flags, and that is why there was a parade, and definitely, I'm here for all of this. This is so logical. And if you play D&D, you're basically Satan. So AJ and Tyler... What up, brah? Hail Satine. Thanks for finishing that for me, because I was like, what am I saying? What do I, what do I say? <laughs> so that's it. That's it for that section. I learned so much in that section. Thank you for educating me on all the things I should not do to avoid damnation. Not a problem. I feel really educated. This final bit, I just labeled weird shit and questions. As this whole episode should have been called. So these are just a few random facts and then obviously some questions that I wanted to pose to you. (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. In the 1960s, Madeline Murray O'Hare was a famous American atheist that would attack the electronic church via marches and protests. So the electronic church being radio and TV. Okay. In 1975, an anonymous letter began to circulate that stated she was trying to get the FCC to remove all Christian programming from the radio and television. The letter was passed on to thousands of conservative Christians via church meetings, newsletters, and private mailing, but none of it was true. She hadn't filed a petition. By the time it was revealed to be false though the damage had already been done and the religious faithful sent letters and postcards to the fcc over the years to the tune of 30 million 30 million letters were written to the fcc yep essentially they just stopped about getting wait 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 i'm not i'm not processing 30 million letters were written to the fcc about putting religious programming back on the air or keeping it on the air am i understanding you say that yep to keep it on the air to like negate her petition that wasn't even true that you know the guy who likes the swollen vasectomy testicles probably fucking wrote Mm -hmm. okay i'm sorry continue Eventually, the FCC just stopped opening them and instead just put them in gigantic mailbags and shoved them in a closet. How do you fit 30 million letters in a closet? That's a big-ass closet. That's like my apartment. I have no idea. (laughs) I'm dead-ass serious. Let's grab 30 million letters and see how many rooms in my house we can fill up. So this is from, this is a direct quote from, oh god, I have to scroll all the way up because I didn't copy it down. The Unknown History of Televangelism by Willem F. Four. In a 2004 Gallup poll, 55% of Americans said they believe the Bible is literally true, including the story of Noah's Ark and God's creation of the earth in six days. 71% of evangelic Christians said they believe the world will end in an Armageddon battle between Jesus and the Antichrist. Those same people believe that Trump was Jesus. Mm-hmm. I believe Trump is the Antichrist. Yep. One of us is right. So that's all I had for random shit. I have a few questions for you, though. I am ready for your questions. I have nothing to say. Me calling Trump and the Antichrist was like the best thing that could have came out of that whole section. So please carry on with your question. So one of the things that I was thinking about was 
Did televangelism and religious radio lead to the state of our overzealous country today? Like, would America look as it does now if we didn't have this intense religious broadcasting? That is a really fascinating question. If people had really... Okay, so I this is a twofold thing for me, okay? Let's pretend for a second for argument A that televangelism didn't exist. Let's Or, or just honestly, religious broadcasting was banned, right? Separation of church and state states own the fucking network companies like we're not doing this okay and this is just how it started because that was the question now networks are not owned by states they are owned by private companies that is a historic thing also so let's just i mean look at this correctly so this never existed something else would have taken its place. Like we know that to be true because branding and marketing and broadcasting, that combination has obviously proven to be so effective at reaching millions of people, at portraying only the the side of the story that you want people to know and limiting information and resources because obviously if you are playing propaganda that says the sky is purple all the time like people are gonna stop believing that the sky is anything other than purple because the only thing that they have to rely on is this broadcast right is this thing that says the sky is purple so they're Mm -hmm. gonna eventually stop questioning like okay but i can clearly see the sky is blue like they're gonna stop asking that question because they're gonna convince themselves that what they're hearing and seeing every day repeatedly is true over what they know in their heart and in reality to be true and that's not fair that reminds me a lot of george orwell's 1984 i don't know that reference though uh it's essentially double speak where they lead their population to believe something that isn't true simply by saying over and over that it is true and counter speaking yeah. against the beliefs that were previous. that's exactly what it is that is exactly what it is so I I actually really appreciate that you brought that reference into it because that's exactly what I'm saying. So that's an aspect that comes with broadcasting and marketing. And and, I mean, that could be said for anything that is not unique to religion. Okay, so I would argue if if televangelism hadn't taken over broadcasting, just something else would have. And who knows what that would have led our country to instead of where we are today. But on the other side of that coin, I would argue, yeah, probably and if not if if the broadcasting specifically of like televangelism which honestly of the three religions that started this kind of concept televangelism is the one that ran with it the hardest and the most successfully so then i also think about what if christianity upped its game times like a bajillion so they even had a chance of standing up against televangelism, which was rocking the fucking sound waves around us as a society and what that would do. Like, that's honestly at that point just like a fucking dick measuring contest between your Jesus and my Jesus. That's what that is. And Christianity has been proven to be so effective in its outreach in a physical form in the sense of like churches right like i mean we live in the state where it's one church one bar per capita so welcome to wisconsin you guys so i mean i'm very familiar with that right christianity and different types of catholicism are very in-person concepts and they're very effective that way the vatican is its own fucking city let's talk about that on a different episode shout out to hush hush but i recognize like 
is Christianity that way today because they had to fight against televangelism? Like, was it this self-proprietary monster of like my god is better than your god so let's fight about it forever i'm really asking that in return to your question so christianity is the same thing as televangelism like televangelism is a proponent of christianity it's just a different branch so i think what you mean more so is like catholicism or other branches of christianity yes that's what that is what i mean i knew what you meant I just wanted to clarify. But I really appreciate that clarification because I honestly, I have been over here intentionally separating them in my mind. And I don't know why because I hate them both. So I shouldn't have done that to begin with. That was my fault and my error. And I don't know if I've caused confusion for anybody other than myself. But dear Celeste, I'm really sorry that I did that to you, you precious thing. I know that was hard. So I appreciate knowing that. But yes, I, I everything I said is still legitimate with the exception of the branches. But let's also acknowledge with Catholicism, the branches don't represent the same thing. They're not friends. They come from the same tree, sure. But like Christians and Catholics, they have different opinions and different views and different beliefs. Like, are they drastically different? No. But are they? Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is the same thing. So I go back to dick measuring contests, but then it actually even gets more fucked up because then it's saying... The way I talk about my God gets people off harder than the way that you talk about your God, even though our God has the same size dick. Yep. Which is stupid. This is why I can't stand organized religion. Or dick measuring contests. I mean, if those contests are happening, you do you guys. I fully support whatever Leave contest us out of it. you... I fully support whatever contest you feel you need to have. Please don't invite us, though. So the next thing I had was more of a statement. I just don't understand this. So the shit that these televangelists are doing is dangerous and harms people's livelihoods and does damage that sometimes can't be reversed. And they don't get any more than a slap on their wrist. They show up in tabloid headlines and maybe serve a few years in jail and that's it. And I don't understand why. Actually, I understand why. It's because they can't be traced back to actual crimes other than fraud on their taxes and shit. But That just upsets me. And there's these huge moral issues with like people that have weed on them and are thrown in jail. Yet this is ruining so many people and nobody's outraged about it. The other part of that that is super important is not only is there not a solid paper trail and they do that on purpose and they're able to do that because they are a 501 filing. Uh, I don't know what... I don't know what type of 501 filing uh, churches are. I don't. So I just know that this is a nonprofit. Like, I can say that. But not only is there a lot of flexibility for fraud in those filings, but also, let's be real, Allie. If Mary is pissed because the jacket guy stole hundreds of thousands of dollars from her and she finally caught on and she sends him to jail because of fraud, guess what else is going to happen? His other 280,000 constituents are going to come rushing to his defense and they're going to raise money for him and they're going to get him a solid lawyer and they're going to get him a nice new jacket and they're going to have him hit the judge in the face with the jacket and he's going to be off scot-free. 
Like that is what that will look like. And I am being funny and I'm not being funny at the same exact time. Kyle Rittenhouse had like a $4 million fund raised for him. And primarily it was from Christians. I have a hard time with that. And this is the same thing. If one member of that congregation turned, it wouldn't matter. There would just be an endless sea of congregates waiting to step up to defend this person, to defend this practice, to defend that they got raped and all of their money was stolen. They would defend that with their lives because this is all they have left because that is what this has done to those people, robbed them of everything other than their loyalty to this religion and to this con artist. It's like anything that would get thrown against them is like a stormy sea and religion is the boat and money is the sail that gets them through it. Real. That's exactly right. That was a fantastic analogy. So my last point was just one that I could not understand the entire time reading about these people. I know you're not super familiar with the Bible, but within it there is a story where Jesus goes to temple and within the temple's courts the merchant tables are set up and they're selling wares and jesus flips the merchant wares wares like clothes items to buy why are they wares like tupperware items sold are called wares i didn't know that you thought they were called wires i didn't know what the fuck you said because i have never heard the term wares used as the word for item oh yeah why wouldn't you have just said item to me because i wrote down wares (laughs) okay So the merchants are selling their items. (laughs) Their Tupperware. In the temple's courts. And Jesus like flings their money and flips the tables and essentially destroys the place because these assholes are profiting in his zone. in In a spot that's made for holiness and like religion and I don't even know what I'm looking for. It's it's made for spirituality. It's not made for profiteering. It's a sacred place. Yeah, exactly. Isn't isn't that a thing like hollowed ground and I yeah, don't know. I feel similar. like I would get struck by lightning if I approached a church, so I've never really tried. But my point to it is that these televangelists are doing the exact same thing. No, nobody should be selling you something in the guise of religion. And if they are, alarm bells should be going off. And not just alarm bells for common sense, alarm bells for the book that you believe is real. It specifically speaks to this instance. But that's where people really get lost in this alley. And I think that that's a piece that you can't forget. These religions are so full of hypocrisy. So the concept of hypocrisy is lost on these people. These people who are just like blind followers, the sheeple of these religions. Like hypocrisy is just, that's their version of sarcasm, Allie. We speak sarcasm and we're fluent in it. Those people speak hypocrisy and they don't know the difference. And I'm not I'm not saying that they're not intelligent. I'm not saying they can't think for themselves. They choose not to. And they've grown so accustomed to all of these deep, intricate contradictions that that's just how they live now. They're just all like little brainwashed religious starbursts, like solid but juicy. I don't I don't know how else to explain it. So that's not weird to them. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I just... I get it. I know. I understand your eye roll because it's weird to us because for us, 
us, it's like, um, what? That literally doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, you know the people I'm talking about and you know I'm not wrong. Yeah, true. I just don't get it. It's in the fucking book they believe in. Why fall for this snake oil salesman? Because the book they believe in also has the same snake oil salesman. Do you mean Jesus? Oh, okay. What do you mean? I mean the book itself. I mean the people who preach the book. I mean the priests and the pastors and the fucking people who say it's sinful to for a man to lie with another man but at the same time they're raping little boys oh gotcha like that's what i'm talking about when i talk about those hypocrisies and those inconsistencies and the snake oil salesman that's what i'm talking about i'm talking about the concept of confession being what washes away your sins and guarantees your path to heaven like that's not true confessing that you're a terrible fucking person does not make this better you know what would going to prison for what you've done apologies change growth those things would make those situations better confessing that you've molested your stepdaughter for her whole life doesn't do you shit bro you should still go to hell i don't care what your fucking guy in a collar said i really don't but it's that's what i'm talking about when i talk about those hypocrisy yeah, that makes sense. I totally understand now. Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. Thank you for listening through my hiccups. Dear listeners, thank you for listening through my hiccups. So that was all I had. I would love to know, what did you learn here today? I learned that televangelism is a form of Christianity and True. that I can channel Jesus through a windbreaker. Excellent skills. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to it. What did you learn here today? I was incredibly fascinated by the fact that deregulation of broadcasting essentially led to this insane phenomenon. I, When I started out the research for this, I was like, I really want to do this. And then I started at, I started and I was like, fuck, what am I doing? Like, where do I even start this? How did this come about? Is there an origin story? And turns out there is. I would agree that I think that the deregulation piece being really the fuel to the already like existing fire was su- super interesting. And I appreciate you bringing it back to that place because now between between my hiccups and the hypocrisy and the fucking windbreaker, I'm just like annoyed. But you really did have a lot of fantastic information in this episode and I really did learn. But I'm just hot and hiccupy at this point and also I'm just mad. Like this this whole thing just makes me mad because there are innocent people, good people out there who just genuinely want to have a place to belong and people to belong with and like I said if anybody ever did this to my grandma fuck you would see a side of me that I'd I'd really have to fight to find but her being hurt would bring that out in a fucking second and then I really multiply that by thousands of Grammys all over the fucking country all over the fucking world and if that just doesn't make you angry there's something wrong with you bro we turn into like the knockoff version of Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson, whatever his last name is, in Wanted. What? That movie's about hum- human trafficking. Yeah, but the whole, I don't know who you are, but I will find you. I have a very particular skill set. I will find you and I will kill you. It's not as convincing with the hiccups, but it's still real. That's what I mean. <laughs> I will surrender my pacifism to fucking destroy anyone who pulls some shit over on my Grammy, I swear to God. So, dear listeners, Celeste is still hiccuping. Yep. 
So I'm going to give you all the details. I just got so worked up that my body was like, we must purge. Let's hiccup. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and hopefully learned something from it and might go get yourself a holy windbreaker. I don't know. You do you. It's like the fourth (laughs) time I've said that this episode. I'm here for the holy windbreaker. I want to know now if, if you get more than just the jacket, if you get the whole windbreaker outfit, does that turn you into like God himself? Pretty much. Excellent. I know my next outfit plan. I really am looking forward to you getting that. I really am. It's going to look so nice on you. Oh, girl. Yes. If any of you, dear listeners, choose to go get a windbreaker, please send us pictures. You can do so <laughs> at Taboos the Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can reach us at Taboos on Facebook. Or you can email us at taboospodcast at gmail.com. Holy shit, I got them all right the first time. Clearly, you did so amazing. Something holy happened this episode. Mostly shit. But it was it was really your commitment to get the full windbreaker. I bet that's what it was. It just set you right over the edge and and Jesus was like, girl. We are going to let you get this outro for the first time in 29 episodes because you've committed to the windbreaker. Exactly. We do have a Patreon where we have some cool stuff. There are different levels. It starts at five bucks a month and you get to see even more of the ridiculous that is this podcast. You help keep the lights on and everything going forward and we greatly appreciate you for that. It's true. We do. I just wanted to throw out one more thing really fast. I'm going to try not to hiccup too much, so please just bear with me, but we really appreciate all of the shares that we've been seeing lately. We also appreciate any reviews that we get. If you guys leave us a review or rate us, that really means a lot to us. We just, you got last week with our menstruation episode, that skyrocketed and... I really love all of the men and women that really showed up for that episode. That was fantastic and all of you are so meaningful to us and we just really couldn't be here without you and your willingness to ask questions and learn things with us and we are just so, so, so grateful for you guys. So really sincerely thank you so much for being on the this journey with us and can we acknowledge that we're like 28 episodes in and this is the first time i've ever had hiccups on a recording that's true it's the devil in you that's that's bizarre yeah legit i'm not even kidding my little inner demon was like no the the jacket the windbreaker i mean i have no defense that's that's what happened that's what these hiccups are they're my little inner demon screaming for help we gotta get me to bed and you gotta get to bed dear listeners we're going to bed now I don't know. We love you. You're amazing. We appreciate you. The All the things. Stay away from Bible salesmen and wind jackets. Wind jackets? Wind jackets is not right. Stay away from Bible salesmen and windbreakers. Wind jackets. And on that note, you guys, do you. Be taboos. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.